With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Stick to Football, Bleacher Report's college football and NFL draft podcast. I'm your host, Matt Miller. It's Friday morning. That means your boy Mello is here again. Still? Again? Still. 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 Always. We've done a lot of shows together lately. Uh, It's like we didn't do a show for like a week because of holidays, and now it's like every day. Oh, it definitely hit hard on the comeback. And I've been back at school for, you know, two days now. Uh, you're listening to this. It's my third day. So my days are all messed up. Coming back off that holiday break, I'm sure everyone's days, just your week's messed up. It felt like Tuesday all day to me. It's not Tuesday. No, so thank God for the weekend. Thank, thank God it's Friday. TGIF. TGIF. That was the best. Are you old enough to remember oh, TGIF? Yeah. Yeah. Home Improvement. Yeah. Uh, Family Matters. Yeah. That was, that was some good TV. It's good. It was, there was some dinosaur show that yeah. I loved. I think Not it might have. Yeah, it was Not just the called mama. the dinosaurs. I don't. I I don't know what it was called. My Not son would love it if it was still on. Uh, so that's random. We have a great show tonight. Speaking of TV, uh, if you've listened to Stick to Football for a while now, you know that Mello and I are huge fans of a little show called The Bachelor. You've probably heard of it. Probably heard of it. Uh, it's kind of a big deal. This season's contestant, I think, is what you call. It. Is that what they? Yeah. The season's bachelor. The season's bachelor is our buddy Colton Underwood. He's been on the show before. He actually played football at Illinois State and was a very good football player in college. Uh, Had a cup of tea in the NFL for some teams. Now he is the bachelor. He gets to pick between 30 women and gets to marry one of them. So he's living rough. And we're lucky to get to talk to him. Uh, and we also have like a ton of football news and things to get to. We're going to highlight our top 10 players. We're actually going to do a draft of each of our top 10 players to return to college football next year. Going to get to your guys' draft on draft questions. We're going to break down what we saw in the CFP or in the college football playoffs and the New Year's Six games. This is one of the more loaded stick-to-footballs we've had in a long time. Yeah, and a lot of draft on draft questions, too. Everybody, the fans are still coming in hot with all their draft questions, and I'd say the best way to get those to us, DM us, whether it's the stick-to-football account on Twitter, uh, whether it's me, whether it's Walker, uh, just get them to us. We'll kind of siphon through there. We'll pick out the good ones. We don't get to all of them. Yeah, it's hard. But if you can if you can get a good one, we'll get it on the show. Yeah, get it on the show. We've been teasing that we want to do the Sticky Awards. That's going to happen. The The world has just gotten busy. Like, coaches are getting fired. we got to keep up with the mock drafts. Players are declaring left and right. There's 87 or 8 of them now that have declared. So a lot's going on. We promise we're going to keep moving along and getting to the things that we've said we were going to do. Uh, let's jump into this stuff, though, buddy. Niners Raiders coaching the Senior Bowl. This is what I begged for for about a month was that the Cardinals would fire Steve Wilkes, sorry, Wilkes family, and then the Jets would fire Todd Bowles. He deserved it. That means Kyle Shanahan and John Gruden are coaching at the Senior Bowl. This is the most excited I've been for a coaching 
matchup at the Senior Bowl for forever. And people who've never been to the Senior Bowl maybe don't understand this, but if you get a bad coaching staff, Senior Bowl practices will make you want to kill yourself. Oh, yeah. There's just no... I.E. Hugh Jackson. Right. No tempo to it. It's just stagnant. just boring. You have to go and suffer through it. I honestly think that the two coaches they picked, regardless of record, might have been like two of the top candidates. For AFC and NFC, even if you throw in old Billy Belichick, I think you would still probably say, you know what? John Gruden is a bigger get for us right now. Yeah. As far as like marketing wise and and trying to do everything and grow the game that way. Obviously, Belichick's the best coach probably ever. But to get a guy like John Gruden, whose name is so hot right now, to come to Mobile and get a look at these guys with such a high draft pick, it's it's huge for them. And then, oh yeah, a little guy named Kyle Shanahan, he's known to be a pretty good offensive coach, and he's going to be there as well. Uh, I, I have not heard yet, and I don't know if it's been announced which side is coaching which, but if you're a quarterback, like you're getting your fucking ass to Mobile because both these guys are quarterback guys. Like You can't go wrong. Like if you're Drew Locke, and we've been saying that uh, Drew Locke has such a chance to, to build here at the Senior Bowl. Well, John Gruden, the Raiders are coaching the North. Kyle Shanahan, the Niners, are coaching the South. Missouri's kind of in that weird area where you're probably on the North roster this year, probably. I would guess. Like, how huge is that for you that, oh, wait, I get to go work for John under John Gruden for a week? And the Raiders might not draft you, but right. you get a chance to learn and showcase your tools. That's why it's so huge. And one guy who I tweeted this, and I want to just publicly beg him to, to get there, Josh Allen from Kentucky. Get to Alabama, man. I know you're a top five player, and there's going to be a lot of people in your ear saying you don't need it. You're already going to be a top five pick. You could leave Alabama as the number one pick in the draft with a good week. You could also leave as the number two pick because the Niners pick second. And guess what? They're coaching the South. Kentucky, as far as I remember from all those World War II books I've read, was below the Mason-Dixon line. You're going to be on that South roster. You have a chance to show Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch they should make you the number two pick. Well, yeah, and even if they're not, like you like you talked about, he can solidify himself as the number two guy. The Niners would almost just come out and say, we're drafting Josh Allen number two, which puts you in conversation for number one. So even right now, everybody's tied to Bosa, and they say he's going to go first overall. But if there's another team that's sitting there, like the Raiders fall in love with you, guess what? They make a move, and now they're picking at number one because they have the draft picks to move up to that number one spot. If Josh Allen can come out and prove that he is better than Bosa, and he he should get the chance to do it at the senior bowl. Hopefully he does play. Yeah, I, I really hope so. I hope we get to see him there. Speaking of the Niners, uh, this one's interesting. Charges were dropped on Reuben Foster. Again. Again. I don't want to get into the legalese because I went to, like, I was pre-law and got out of there. I had to, it, that stats too got me. I had to get out of that class. Let me dive in. I've watched a ton of Law and Order, so I think I've got this under control. Dun, 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 dun. Or what's okay, no, thing? not really. I don't, I don't know. But it's just, You're, it's such a weird situation that he's been in trouble for this multiple times. Yeah, I, I think it's the same, same girl. So even if it's allegedly true or not true, whatever, it's still it's just a weird situation to keep putting yourself in. So I do I still agree with the Niners. You had yeah. to cut him loose. Yeah, it's, he's still not making good decisions because he keeps putting himself in this situation. And this does not absolve the Redskins of signing him 
two days after the fact or the day after, because at the time you didn't know the charges were going to be dropped. So I think that's still a problem of you didn't do your due diligence. You, you had no time to do your homework and you signed a guy who had just been arrested again for domestic assault. Yes, yeah, it's, it's still a bad look. It's a very bad look. And even on the field, Ruben Foster struggled this year. He's a guy that's body is just breaking down. I mean, it's shoulder injuries for a linebacker are one of the scariest things you can have. So even if we were just talking about on-field performance, I think there's reason to be concerned about him moving forward. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a crazy situation, and it's one we have to talk about because he's a young player. We we both covered him coming out of Alabama, and obviously I think I had him as the number two player in that draft uh, before we knew a lot of the off-field right. stuff that went into it. Yeah, and his off-field stuff started at the Combine. Yeah, Well, it started way before that. Yeah but had an incident even at the combine where he got told to go home. That's that's rough to do when you get sent home from the combine. But I have whatever. never heard of that happening before. We wanted to get into a lot of the national championship, uh, college playoff stuff that happened. Who won the Sugar Bowl? I'm, uh, no. It seems like that was a notable game. That was a big one. It's a, it's a Sugar Bowl, so probably an SEC school. <laughs> oh, nope. Nope. No, I think it was, I think it was Texas. Did you and I, I know you saw, but I want to know if our listeners saw the tweet of there's a picture of Sam Ellinger and it had the you know he's got the plays on his wristband you know and play number eight I don't have the I don't have the text of what it said I want to find it go fuck yourself bitch that was the play that was the play I'm gonna guess it's the one they kept running at the goal line the old QB power <laughs> and that's what I said on Twitter too like oh I wonder what play this is I can tell you what it is. Ellinger catches the snap, reads the defense, and then runs. Barrels ahead. Yeah, finds open field. That's what play number eight is. And they wore it out on whatever night that was, Monday, Tuesday night. Yeah. Because he, he had, what, three rushing touchdowns? Yeah. And they, I mean, they literally ran the same play four times in the goal line and yeah, got so, in on the fourth. I mean, that really is great. If I were a head coach at not a junior high or high school <laughs> level, I would probably put stuff like that on my play call sheet. Especially, too, because, like, if it does fall and somebody else gets it, which is some weird – I don't know why coaches are so weird about that. Yeah. But if they see that on your play call sheet, like, oh, well, you got me here. Even if it is just a nothing call, which I don't think you would waste the space for. But it's great. I love it. It was perfect for Tuesday night. Side note, I think our beer is skunked. Mine is – this is actually one of the best beers that I've had from that fridge. Ah. I got a bad one. Okay. I think I got a bad one last week, and that's why yeah. I only had one. No, it's not good. Uh, someone bring beer. We need Uber Eats and Joplin. I don't know, Bite Squad? We have that. I don't know if they deliver beer. Son of a bitch. All right, speaking <laughs> of Texas, this actually is big draft news. Wide receiver Colin Johnson, six foot six, like 220-pound weapon, number nine for the Longhorns, announced he's going back to Austin for another year. Uh, and I think that this is not me being a homer. They will be a top five to six team in the preseason rankings. Not in mine. Okay, yeah, they will. But uh, obviously last year I didn't have them top right. 25. Uh, I agree with you. I think they will be a top five team. They, there's a lot of talent coming back, especially on offense. you got a great quarterback coming back, uh, two really good receivers, a very young defense. So I think they will be top five. I it's a little early, but I mean, LSU Alabama, and Clemson, LSU, Texas, Oklahoma. If Kyler Murray got a, that's right. Ohio so, State. I mean, LSU, Texas might be a top five matchup week one of the college football in season. Austin with Joe Burrow coming off of 
a huge game. After he got smoked, he stepped up. Like, oh. You got to give him some credit. I thought he died. Right. And I thought after yeah. that interception that UCF was honestly going to run away with the game. And, but they didn't. Joe Burrow stood in there and took some shots all night long. Not even just the interception. After that, he was getting clocked on a lot of plays. A lot of them were completions. Yeah. Because the dude balled out afterwards. So kudos to him. I, I would love to see that game as a – well, I'd just love to see that game. But especially as – a top five matchup. Yeah, maybe we'll be at that one. I don't know. Tailgate Tour 2019. Kickoff. That'd be great. Still got to get that figured out. Yeah, we do. You, uh, people keep asking. We we will get it figured out. Yeah, it's a little early. We'll Hopefully get it figured sooner out. sooner rather than later. Yeah, I feel good about it. I'll get motivated. One of these. It's just, that's a long way from now. we got a lot of other stuff going on. Right. Uh, National Championship news. Dexter Lawrence suspended again, which apparently people knew because I tweeted today like, oh, this is significant. And someone got in my DMs and was really snarky and was like, everyone has known that this was going to happen. I, I didn't. I really I didn't thought either. it was going to be like a one game pop. Yeah. And then you play in the national championship. Game. Right. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it. I, I do think it has a big outcome, though, because uh, Albert Huggins played fairly well in in replacement of him but Dexter Lawrence is one of the best nose tackles in football and not only is he an impact but he allows the rest of that D-line to make an impact Christian Wilkins was very quiet in their win over Notre Dame and I know Notre Dame has a good D-line or good O-line excuse me but Dexter Lawrence really sets the table for what they do up front so against Alabama you can't really afford to not have your best player well in Alabama's offensive line is a little bit better than even Notre Dame so what do you do? Put your guard in your center on Wilkins and let your other guard go one-on-one right. with Hubbard. And maybe it'll work out. I don't want to discredit Hubbard and what he was able to do because he did play very well. But that's probably the game plan going into it. And maybe, you know, Venables is crazy as shit. He might come up with some scheme that lets <laughs> just the linebackers eat afterwards. But I, I don't know. That's I, what they used to do. Yeah. Right. Just who cares? Let them let him eat a block or two. Put him, put him right between the guard and the center and just tell— have him eat both blocks. I don't know. Cleveland Farrell against uh, uh, Jonah Williams is going to be fun yeah. to watch. Hey, who's going to get off the ball first? That's a race. It's not even about like blocking no, at that it's point. Just it's fast. just who's going to get into their stance first. Well, the good news is if anyone wants to watch this game, you can do it fairly cheaply because uh, the game's in Santa Clara, which is, I've been there for a Super Bowl. It's about an hour south of San Francisco. It's in the middle of nowhere. And uh, <laughs> tickets are cheap. They're very cheap. I was looking at this before, and I had heard uh, that tickets weren't good. The cheapest ticket that you can get right now is $150, which is incredibly cheap, and it's it's probably not good seating. No, that stadium's so small that I think you'd be fine. Yeah, oh, I'm sure. I've, I've really never been to a, a stadium, like an NFL stadium, and thought, oh, this is a terrible seat. I can't see the game. I feel like you always get your money's worth. But if you, you really want bang for your buck— I was looking up seats. I'm not going to go for myself, but there's a seat on the 45-yard line on the Clemson sideline, 22 rows up. For me, I honestly think that is prime position. That's the best seat. Like Getting on the actual 50-yard line is hard. So you're on the 45, 22 rows up. You're not too close. You have a good vantage point of the whole field. You can buy that ticket for $700, which is asinine. You can get to a national championship with two of the best college teams we've seen in recent history. And, I mean, I'm comparing Clemson to Clemson, Alabama to Alabama, but these are two great teams, and you can go to that game for $700. We have gone to World Series games, and our tickets cost more than that. And we had good we had good seats. You know, we were third baseline, about 12 rows up. 
I should have compared this. I wonder if you could go to a 49ers game and sit in that same seat for $700. (sighs) Probably not. With as expensive as San Francisco is, I'm guessing ticket prices are probably a little bit crazy. You might not be able to sit in that seat to watch a Niners game for $700. Yeah, you probably would have to pay for a PSL too. So, yeah, it's crazy how cheap it's getting. Uh, We have some draft notes that we're going to get to from the New Year's Six and college football playoff games. And this is something that I love to do. Just superlatives. Who made money? Who disappointed you? Who was maybe a sleeper that caught your eye? And then what was your favorite moment of the big bowl games that we saw? I'm going to start with my moneymaker, and it was Drew Locke. I I thought that he had a fantastic bowl game, and he is someone that we have been down on this year a little bit. And yes, he struggles with accuracy at times. I think his deep accuracy can be uh, a little scary too, but just watching him play, uh, I was pretty impressed with the, the the arm talent, the athleticism. He's someone who has a chance at the Senior Bowl to really improve his stock. And uh, Oklahoma State, listen, it's not a great defense. It's not even a great team. They lost a ton from last year, but I thought Locke looked very good in that loss. And you talked about it earlier too. He's going to go work with two great offensive coaches. And neither one of them, I don't think, will be in position to draft him, nor would they. Uh, But you have Kyle Shanahan coaching you up to make you look good in one of the most important weeks of your life. One of the best quarterback coaches is going to help him. I really think that his draft stock is going to skyrocket. Even if it's John Gruden on the other side, he's helping Drew Locke look good. He's done it before. These guys know what they're doing. So I believe that his his drafts will just be ridiculous. NASA liftoff here. He, he's <laughs> he's going to go top 15. I would bet on it if I were a betting man. I actually had a uh, high-level like exec today text me, and he was like, I'll bet you ten qu- or three quarterbacks go in the top 10. I was like, I'm not taking that bet because I agree with you. I think three quarterbacks I mean, can go just, top 10. It they always do. Even in a down year, you see guys get drafted maybe higher than they should, and I said it last week. People are going to fall in love with Drew Locke. They're going to get the girlfriend eyes and say, I can fix this guy. He's, <laughs> he's got some potential here. Like I, And they'll do it. I don't know who it will be. Maybe even as high up as the Giants or Jaguars. Yeah, absolutely could. Your moneymaker, this is a good one. I'm going with Hakeem Butler. and Maybe a guy that's not going to see first round uh, grades or maybe even second round. But I thought that him playing in the bowl game was impressive. Not a big bowl game, but he came out and showed uh, some great catch radius going able to high point the ball over the middle, really did a good job of playing in the bowl game and showing what he can do. He's not going to be a burner receiver, but at the same time, he was able to have uh, nine catches for 192 yards and put some highlight reels out there as well. So, I mean, good on him for even playing in the game and then playing the way that he did. Yeah, I like him. You said he might not reach first round. We'll see how he runs. That's going to be a lot of it, but I do like his tape a lot. Big. I mean, catch radius is for days. He can really sky the ball. So uh, I like him a lot as somebody who could push into that number one receiver spot, depending on how he tests. My disappointment, and here's a player that we've really talked up a lot this year, but I thought Trayvon Mullen, the corner for Clemson, struggled at times against Notre Dame. He is a long, uh, not super twitchy corner, but I always thought his deep speed was good enough. But I had some questions about it watching him against a little better speed at Notre Dame. So I think this is if he declares, he hasn't really said either way yet, if he declares, he's going to be a player that I, I think his deep speed is his 40 time and even the three cone because of the reactions. Like we need to see 
just how fast he is and what he's able to do against top flight receivers. Otherwise, you're going to get kind of tagged as a zone-only corner, and that's really going to limit where you could be drafted. And I totally agree with you, too. He's a guy that I haven't done a lot of work on, but uh, talking on the podcast and just being on Twitter, uh, he seemed like a guy that was probably in that first round, but he really just he didn't look great the other night. And I'm going to go with a similar pick. Again, probably not a, a top choice at his position. I'm going to go against the grain here, and I'm going to go against my Texas Longhorns. I thought Chris Boyd looked pretty disappointing the other night. I know he made some pretty good plays, but those Georgia receivers were open, and they were open a lot in the Sugar Bowl. And I think a lot of that comes down to Chris Boyd. He's a very athletic guy, but can you guard somebody without putting your hands on them? That's what the NFL wants to see. Can you stay in phase with these guys? Can you find the football? And he disappointed the other night. Thank God Texas still won the game, but... I mean, Ridley at receiver was just catching everything underneath wide open every time. And I think a lot of that goes back to that secondary and Chris Boyd. Yeah, and the Texas pass rush was getting home. So it's like, it's mm-hmm. not like that to cover for that long. My sleeper of the weekend, uh, someone who, uh, not, I guess not in a New Year's Six game, but someone that I really like and, and wanted to highlight, Jermaine Pratt, the linebacker from NC State. Like, he is a read and react stud. I love the way that he uh, can play between the tackles. I think he has a chance to be a very good middle linebacker in the NFL. Probably not someone that we're going to see drafted in the top 50. Um, and I'm like, uh, and i pointing him out. I know he didn't play in the Gator Bowl, but just pointing him out as a sleeper, someone who I absolutely loved. Um, as a sleeper from someone from the New Year's like six-type games, I'm actually going to go to Texas. And I'm going to point out Beck the tight end because a- Andrew yeah. Beck – he might not be the best testing dude, but his impact has been huge, and he can line up as a fullback and H-back, split out, in line. The versatility that we've seen from him is really, really impressive. So I have no idea how he's going to test. I believe he's going to be an East-West Shrine game guy, so I we'll get a so. chance to see him there. But I feel like he's one of those like late-round picks that's going to carve out a very long NFL career. And recently, Texas guys have been doing that. They they maybe not the first round talent that you see, but guys that this maybe where you brag about Puna Ford. That's where I was going. Okay, like he's checking. maybe going to carve out a niche for him in the NFL, and I think he's going to do it. And him putting the film out there of him doing the sign language with the patients in the hospital. Yeah, I actually think that that is going to improve your draft stock. Oh, you because know, all day three on NFL Network. Now it almost see. doesn't matter at all what he did in at Texas. Now he's a high character guy. And the coaches will say, oh, yeah, he's great, uh, hard worker. And then they're going to see that film. And as stupid as it sounds, they're going to label him as a good character guy. He was a captain, a leader. Yeah. It's going to help him out. And he was able to really perform well his senior year, too. A lot more catches than he had in years past. Yeah, 28 catches this year. He had a good one. Yeah, so very deep sleeper from me, Andrew Beck. Mine's not as much as a deep sleeper, but I'm going with Chauncey Gardner-Johnson out of Florida. I think he is turning into kind of a do-it-all uh, defensive back. I don't even really know what to label him. I think he's probably more of a safety, but he also plays a lot of that nickel corner role. And if you can do both of those things in the NFL, teams are going to fall in love with you. And he absolutely destroyed Michigan, two interceptions, uh, both at key times during yeah. that defense. Uh, so he's kind of my sleeper that I think people were talking about, but then the talk kind of dried up on him. But he had a great game against a great receiving core, and all of them played. Against Shea Patterson, who is the starting quarterback. It's not like he performed very well against a team that had a lot of people sitting out. 
he performed against their starters minus Karan Higdon. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's very true. I like him. Like you said, he's kind of become this like matchup guy that could play some corner. Uh, I've heard that he really considers himself a safety. So I think that's where we'll see him work out and test. But he's a very exciting player. Uh, my favorite moment, and I'm going to let you go second because you actually you filled out the doc first and beat me to it. So uh, mine is Quentin Williams absolutely destroying Kyler Murray. And this isn't like me hating Oklahoma, but Quentin Williams all year has been, I feel like a top two prospect, but no one talks about him because he plays on this great defense. And I think a lot of people tuned Alabama out this year because they're so good. And you're like, you're just kind of tired of watching it. Quentin Williams in the biggest game of his career to date as a marquee starter was amazing. Not, I mean, the play where he rips Kyler Murray's helmet off is, is just a fantastic display of his athleticism and power and hand usage. But he was so in the head of the Oklahoma right guard that the guy was like taking himself out of the plays in effort to like be cheap mm-hmm. because Quentin Williams like owned him. Yeah. He, he took up some realty in his head, is yeah. what happened. Like it's like an old fighter, you know, they try to piss off your opponent before the fight even starts. Uh, get in his feelings a little bit, and you pissed him off, and he was able to be very disruptive. As a Texas fan, I did love watching Kyler Murray get hit. Like As a baseball fan, I was like, I kind of want to keep him safe because I, I feel like I can root for Kyler Murray, the baseball player, but watching the quarterback about get his head taken off uh, was pretty nice. But the top moment from, I think, all of bowl season goes to the Texas Longhorn. Not the Texas Longhorns, the <laughs> Texas Longhorn, Bevo. Bevo got this whole thing started, and I really honestly don't even know if Texas would have won that game if it weren't for that bull. <laughs> but he charged Uga and tried to kill this dog. Now, don't attack me, PETA. If that dog would have been injured at all, I swear on my life I would have cried. Oh, I love As Uga. a grown man, I would have shed tears if something were to happen to that dog because he's probably my second favorite living And your mascot. daughters are Georgia fans. <laughs> right. Yeah. So thank God it didn't happen. But the way that it did go down, I'm glad that the dog did not get hurt. But it was hilarious. It blew up on social media. And then the Longhorns were able to kind of take it and run with it. Maybe they had it before. Maybe the players rubbed off on Bevo and he's just <laughs> like, I'm not fucking with these Georgia people anymore. Get the dog out of my face. Did you see the interview from Bebo's handler where he was like, yeah, Bebo didn't know what he was doing. <laughs> you watched the video. That bull drops its horn at the dog. Yeah, like the he dog was, was sitting on a like an X, like a marker. His horn went right there. Thank God the Ugga handler got him out of that yeah. way. Or can you imagine the backlash if like Ugga would have died? Oh, it would have been horrible. But like Bebo... We wouldn't see him at another football game. We no. could probably see no more live mascots. Yeah. I've never, I've been a Texas fan for a long time. I've never seen anything like it, but it did set the tone. So good on Vivo. It kind of reminds you that these are animals. These are not cute little, oh, let's look at the bull, go touch it. No, they will kill you. Yeah. All right, we promised a great interview tonight, and we have a great interview tonight. One of the few people that's ever been cool enough to come on this show twice. It's a very select company, but our buddy Colton Underwood, uh, also known as The Bachelor. I think that might be how people 
It's no, pretty, right now. pretty popular. Pretty popular guy. Uh, it comes on Monday night on ABC. Check Colton out. Um, my job, Colton Mello's job, we watch about 500 football players and try to narrow that list down. You get to stand in a room with 30 beautiful women and narrow that list down. So very, very similar jobs that we have this this spring, you and I. Well, we're, we're very similar people, so <laughs> I could see why we both pick that to like have as our, our jobs, you know? I, I hope that backstage that you are just breaking down film of these women because you have it, and then you are just writing up your own scouting reports, just grinding the film like you did in your playing days. You know what? Let me let me tell you this. Like going into it, I didn't want to like strategize because like I feel like I've done that my whole life. Like I've, I've just always game plan. Um, but I did find myself at moments sort of like taking mental notes and really like <laughs> developing a scouting report of all my girlfriends. Of all your girlfriends. So, like, yeah, <laughs> it's weird to say it, it that it, way. Doesn't it sound weird to even, to even hear it like that? Right. That's what we're tweeting out, just yeah. so you know. Like, yeah, that's that's the, the promo for our show is me and all my girlfriends. So, <laughs> no, nah, but it is cool because we've talked to you before, and, and hopefully people remember, like, you were a uh, – and you're going to be humble and be like, oh, it wasn't that good. You were a great college football player at Illinois State. Uh, you Two times you were up for uh, basically the defensive Heisman at the FCS level. Uh, you had some time in the NFL. Uh, you, you run a charity where you basically take care of dogs. So you are basically just God right now. Like every woman listening to this is like, oh, my God, Colton. So we've ran down your positives. You give us your negatives. Oh, OK. Um, <laughs> and you can't say like you're too tall. <laughs> right, right. Um. I would say at times I'm a, I'm a people pleaser. Um, yeah. I'm getting better at it though. Believe it or not, I'm, I'm learning the word no. Um, and I'm learning that it's an okay word to use. So I'm, I'm getting better with that. Um, in regards to relationships, I feel like there's obviously a lot of things that can be better at. Um, but you know, one thing I did find like football did help me better at relationships because communication's big in both aspects, you know? And we actually, uh, we're talking tonight about something uh, you had to go back and delete a lot of your tweets, apparently. And I think you're going to catch some flack for this, but we just wanted to congratulate you because finally someone was like, Hey, I don't know what I tweeted when I was 14 years old. Let me just go ahead and get this out of there. Is that one of the things that like before you become even more of a public figure where you kind of had to have that like conversation with yourself? Yeah. So actually the story behind that, I didn't even really like, so yes, I deleted all my tweets. I didn't do it because I was um, I was afraid of what could come up because I actually have an app on um, that's connected to my Twitter that anything over um, one year old gets automatically deleted from my Twitter, and that's that's going on for the rest of my life. Like it's just an app that I have um, attached to my Twitter account now. Um, but what I found was, you know, I look look back at some of my old tweets. I was spending so much time um, either replying to negative tweets or. Um, having a snarky remark or a funny remark. And I don't take it too personal. I like to have fun on my social media. But I figure, you know, heading into the new year, I'm only, I am only want to focus on the positives. Um, I always want to focus on, on good people, good energy, um, and, ha- and just have some fun on social media with the people who deserve it. And that's where the guys that stick to football come in hand because we are always fun well, on that's Twitter. A, hey, that's exactly why I started favoring every single one of your tweets and then um, – <laughs> we DM'd each other and I was like, Hey, let's do this. Yeah, exactly. Now you did just get finished filming. Is that correct? That is. Yes. Okay. So during that process, do you have to stay off social media? I noticed you kind of went dark there for a little bit. Is that just one of the requirements of being the bachelor is that you have to stay off Twitter? It's, it's actually one step further than that. They actually take 
my phone and I do not have access to the Internet. The president has a phone and you don't <laughs> like that's like that's pretty yeah. crazy. So I've wondered that, too, I like know. as a connoisseur of the show, like you never saw Becca just like taking a break on Instagram. Right. So like the, you have yeah, no. But let me tell you what, it's, it's actually refreshing to be able to go out on a date. You don't realize you do it. And I think it's, it's our phones are so uh, so subconsciously um, always involved in our lives. But I think, you know, it was so refreshing for me to go on a date and not have to wake I didn't even have to carry my wallet, obviously, when you're filming a show. But I didn't have my wallet. I didn't have keys. I didn't have a phone. You just show up, and you actually really get to know the person and really get to have a meaningful conversation, and it's really refreshing. That, that is nice. Now, how long were you filming on the show? How long were you phoneless and internetless? Um, uh, we wrapped right before Thanksgiving. Uh, so it was about, I would say, two, two and a half months. So that's that's actually a little bit... Uh, longer than I thought it was. Is that enough time, two, two and a half months, for a guy like yourself to fall in love and maybe even get engaged? Um, you know what? I, I didn't know if it was possible. Um, and I will say, you know, going through it, there were times where I would always want more time or I, you know, I always questioned, hey, like, what's it going to be like when all of this goes away? Um, but I think that's the beauty of all of it. You know, you have this, this faith and you have to have this trust that, hey, this is going to work. Um, and sure enough for me, you know, I think going, going through it three times now, I did have that faith um, that I knew, you know, it was definitely a big possibility. Um, and I think just with little distractions, that helps too. Yeah. What are your tips and tricks? Because you do not only in two to two and a half months have to go from 30 women to hopefully one, but... On the first night, right, you're standing there looking all great in your suit, and these women are piling out of limos, and you have to, like, kind of make quick decisions, like, out there cutting people. It's like training camp all over again where some people get cut that first night. What are your tips and tricks for any of our speed dating listeners to really just get right down to the heart of the matter? For me, what are your tips for me, let's just say? <laughs> my tips My tips for you. Okay. Um, well, it's all about, for me, all right, so here, I'm going to go for me first, and then I'm going to, I'm going to hit you. Um, I'm, I'm big off of chemistry and connection right off the bat, right? Um, I feel like there's nothing more painful in this world than having a conversation you really don't want to have, be having, like, with somebody. So, like, you could just tell immediately through body language or even just in your presence, like, man, I really don't even want to be sitting here right now talking to somebody. Um, so connection and chemistry is number one for me. Um, I don't know, for you... Man, where do where do we begin? I don't know. I That's mean, what I'm trying to figure out, man. That's why we got you on yeah, the show. Yeah, yeah. I, I would say, I would say, ask more questions and listen. Um, I would I would just say, really listen to what their answers are and follow up. So just pretty much ask better questions. I think um, one thing that I I noticed too is you know when you share a story um, or when somebody shares a story about you, ask follow up questions. Don't be afraid to to, to ask the hard questions. Okay, I stopped listening to you, but that's okay. Uh, I, I got something I want to run by you. So I am a father, single father. I've got two kids, and I do have, like, one go-to pickup line. I want to run this by you. You critique me now. You tell me what you think. Uh, I walk up to a lady, maybe strike up a little conversation, and I say, hey, do you know what my shirt's made out of? They say um, no, or, or maybe they guess. And I say it's stepdad material. What do you think about that pickup line? Uh, maybe would that work? Or maybe is that something you would try for yourself? Yeah, you know what? I think it, I actually respect it. You know, it's straight <laughs> and it's to the point. Um, it actually gives some information about you. 
right? Hey, I, I, I dig it. There's a follow-up question. I'm listening to the response. <laughs> I'm a quick learner. Yes. Quick learner. All right. You said that you uh, you went, you had to go dark uh, for the first couple weeks or, or months, actually, of the football season. We know you are a huge football fan. We had you on over the summer. You made some Super Bowl predictions. How much time have you got had to like catch up and be a fan and like especially being a, a San Diego guy? Are you you're probably still a Chargers uh, fan, right? And they're having a hell of a run. I, I am. I am. Yeah. And you know what? That was the hardest thing for us too, because we actually traveled. We went straight to Asia um in the third week of filming. So I I was all messed up, didn't get to really keep up with a lot of the game. But I can't tell you how, you know, how badly I want the Chargers to win. I think if anybody just as a human being and as a person that deserves it, Philip Rivers. Um, you know, so this is going to be an interesting game coming up to the wild card game to even get in. So I'm, I don't, I mean, I want the chargers to win Batman. Hey, I'm in the same boat with you too. I said, I'm rooting for the chargers just because Philip rivers, like that's my guy. I love him in the way he plays. So are be, like promoting the show? Are you going to get time to like, you know, go to the national championship game or go to the super bowl? Like you get some pretty cool opportunities being the bachelor, what are some of the things you want to try to take advantage of? You do, you know, um, for me, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to try to go to the Super Bowl. Um, try to make time for that. Um, if you know whether or not I get there or not, I just, I've heard really good things about the, the new stadium there. So, uh, I really want to go check it out and maybe have some food and stuff. We're, now we're Perfect. actually going to do some awards for our podcast and you were nominated for one award. Um, but oh. I, re- I regret to inform you, you did lose. You were up for the category of guest of the year. Uh, you you did come nice. in second place, which is congratulations. You you did barely lose out to Patrick Mahomes. Thank you. Yeah, maybe maybe next year we'll keep this thing going, and we'll put your name back in the hat. So one thing, okay. one thing we wanted to do before you hop off because we know how busy you are, and uh, frankly, it's surprising that they let us talk to you this close to the show airing. But we uh, we actually found a scouting report of you. Uh, you were in the 2014 draft class, uh, just a little t- little defensive end from Illinois State, and some of the lines from this scouting report are incredibly accurate to who you are as a contestant on The Bachelorette last year and now as The Bachelor. So I don't have you ever read this before? It's on NFL.com, but it's your scouting report. No, I'm actually really interested. I probably at some point did, but I, I'm really interested now. It's going to be awesome. There are some lines that stand out to me, and, and Mello's got a couple too. The first sentence in this thing, thickly built and muscular. So, I mean, that that definitely helps out. Yep, there we go. Uh, fourth line here, third line, excuse me, good eyes and instincts. And, I mean, we've heard the ladies talk about your eyes before, so I feel like they really nailed it here. I like it so far. Who who wrote this scouting report? Uh, Nolan Naraki, who is like infamous for going at people and talking bad about their character. So, um, oh, you know what? He probably in my weaknesses is he's one that he's athletically limited. It does say yep. that. It basically says yep. you're white. Yep. Yeah, stiffness. Yep. And well, yeah, movement. yeah. I'm a try hard. I have a try hard. I have a motor. Yep. And with those two sentences, basically, <laughs> you're um, you're a white guy playing in that. As well. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure there's something in there. He calls you a thumper. Uh, so yeah, you pretty much you Special got all teams the, player, yeah, coach on yeah. the field. Great in the weight room though, and, <laughs> and it does note in here you did twenty six bench preps. That's pretty impressive. Is that like your personal record with the twenty six at two twenty five? Yeah, yeah. So so just like the the stepdad material is your pickup line. That's actually my pickup line. <laughs> nice. uh, I bench press 
225, 26 <laughs> You know, I also used to do, and I've kind of retired this one. I used to do the, um, what's the movie? Oh my, the, where he picks up the girls. Oh, Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing. I used to try that. And then the, um, <laughs> the bouncers in the bars, they didn't like it. They told me I had to stop. So oh, I, I bet they wouldn't tell you to stop. Oh, though. Not, not at 6'4", 240. Yeah, I think you would be fine. Uh, all right, man, we do appreciate it. Um, let people know, like, Monday night, ABC, uh, you're competing against this little football game that's on. I don't know if you're worried about that, though. Hey, yeah, you know, but the, but the more I think about it in the TV world, I mean, it's Alabama Crimson, it's, it's Alabama and Clemson again. So, one, it's sort of a repeat, and two, it's, it's both for, ge- like, geographically, they're around the same location. So I think we'll do fine. Plus, you're in for, let me just say this, you're in for a hell of a season. Um, that I had so much fun filming this. I had amazing women. Um, everybody from the camera operators to the sound guys to the producers, I can't thank them enough. Um, I did things my way. I did things differently. I sort of um, broke uh, the formula. I changed the game um, of The Bachelor. So I'm really looking forward to, to hearing you know, what people think of it. Um, I definitely did things differently. Okay, so I know I talk a lot of shit, but let's get real here for a second. I've ran my pickup lines by you, uh, but you are also, you're isolated, and you talk about how you don't have your phone. There's a lot of stressful moments during the recording, I'm sure. Where do you go to? Who's your guy that you can go talk to? Is it a, like a cameraman? Is it a producer? Is it Chris Harrison? Who's the person that you, you want to know? So my go-to, my go-to, um, I had runs on the beach with Chris Harrison um, throughout the throughout the um, season, which was which was nice to sort of vent to him. But my go-to was Carrie Fetman, uh, my stylist. So during our during some of our fittings. Um, I would just lay it all out there and vent to him. And he is, let me tell you what, he is one of the best human beings um, that is on this planet. Yeah, and that's good to know. I think that's another you know peek behind the curtain that a lot of people don't get to see. Uh, so that is good information. Are you are you having like a watch party for the first episode or what's your plans for, yeah, for Monday? So we're actually doing a, a three-hour live premiere. Um, and I will be at the Hollywood location here um, and just having a good time with the fans, interacting and really um, – you know, really just having having a good time. Nice. Man, I'm in L.A. a week too late. Otherwise, I'd come hang out. We'd have some fun. So, oh, uh, man. Yeah, next time for sure. Next time. All right, man. Well, good luck. Uh, well, I, I guess it's over. So hopefully you had good luck. I, we'll, we'll get an invite uh, to the wedding, I'm sure. I can't wait. Hope, you know, hopefully I did too. We'll see. Only time will tell, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll find out in three to four months. It'll be a lot of fun. The, uh, and remember, if you want to if you want to text me any information for the prop bets that are out there i'm in a fantasy league so i could use the help if you just want to oh know, perfect yeah just a or b hey how, how cool how cool is that bachelor fantasy league this year it's pretty neat it's pretty yeah neat. i mean i always love drafting and critiquing any player and especially if they're <laughs> attractive like i'm tired of watching these 350 pound linemen like i don't care anymore right give me a girl who weighs 130 pounds like, yeah that's more my style <laughs> well, oh you know what that brings exactly. me one more thing. I got another idea I want to pitch to you. It's not a pickup line, uh, but around football, which you have been involved in for a very long time, we're seeing all kinds of different NFL le- or sorry football leagues pop up. Uh, a lot of previous players are getting involved with different kinds of leagues. So I have an idea. Me and you, we're going to run this thing, and I think it's going to be successful. It's a bachelor, bachelorette football league. It's like flag football, okay? You got to have three girls on the field. So it's like bachelor in paradise, Plus football, this is where you come in, 
and they play each other. So we'll get guys that have been on the show before, maybe a couple athletes, maybe a couple of the girls. They make money. ABC makes money. Me and you make money. Win, win, win. But hey, I'm down. Let's make it. Let's let's involve a charity aspect to it, and let's put let's put on a little seven on seven tournament. There you go. Oh, we, I like I, it. Seriously, yeah. it's it's going to take off. It's just we get Jesse you Palmer be a to come play quarterback, right? Yeah. Yeah. We can do it. All right. I love it. All we right, man. We can do it for sure. We appreciate you. Follow him at Colton. Uh, we do wish you the best of luck, man. Uh, it'll be fun catching up with you, uh, I guess, this spring after the draft once we know uh, whether or not you're engaged. And uh, we'll we'll make sure for to text sure. you the address for the wedding invitation for Mello and I because we, we definitely want to hey, be there. You guys, you guys will be. You guys would be invited if it, if it got to that if it gets to that point. You know, I'll let you guys know. All right, You'll man. Find out with me. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, sounds good. Thank you, guys. Thanks again to our guy Colton Underwood for coming by. Make sure uh, if I don't think there's anything else on TV Monday night. I don't know. I mean, probably not. It's a Monday. It's a Monday. Early January. Nothing on TV. No. Nope. The Bachelor comes on. I believe we should probably look this up. I believe it's seven o'clock Central Time. It's got to be Eastern uh, on ABC. Once Alabama gets up like 20, y'all can just change it over. Watch Colton hand out some roses. It'll be a lot of fun. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to a – I'll be in New York. I'm going to tell Connor, like, we have to go to a bar where I can ask them to actually put both on. Put, yeah, split screen or something. Yeah. yeah I don't I don't know where you're going to find a bar. I don't know. It's New York, so maybe I I'm I bet there's a bachelor wrong. bar. Ooh, but are they also going to have football on? I don't know. We might just have to watch it at Connor's apartment. <laughs> like, hey, Connor. Uh, yeah, I need ABC and ESPN pulled up now. Can I get now. the hotel that I'm staying at to just give me a second TV? Yeah. Can Probably. I call down and ask for that? I don't know. Probably. I don't know. I mean, it's worth a shot. It's worth a phone call. Worth a, Definitely worth a phone call. All right. This week's top five is actually a top ten, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we are going to give you our top ten players each returning for college football next season. While it's fresh, we want you all thinking about it. So next year, and we've done our best to exclude guys that we think will be drafted. So right. um, I didn't put Dwayne Haskins I on my either. list. I didn't put Josh Jacobs on my list. Um, so there are some players from Clemson and, and Alabama that haven't declared yet, and we think they will. So they're yeah. not included. I mean, really, honestly, most of mine are sophomores and sprinkled in a few freshmen in there. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, where are the quarters? Right Here's in front of you. It's your turn to flip. Okay. This one's got bad mojo, so I got to switch it. And we're just a reminder, I am tails. And I'm heads. Nope, that's the bird. All right. What do we got here? Oregon. Ooh. Oregon quarter, old Justin Herbert. And it is heads. Oh. You're a liar. <laughs> no, I'm not. I didn't see it. I don't believe it. And it doesn't matter because I would have cheated anyway if it weren't heads because I want Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I knew it. Out of every quarterback, I'm sure that you maybe heard about our top five we were doing and you thought, oh, two is going to be first. No, he's not. Trevor Lawrence is like baby Jesus of quarterback. He is <laughs> with the hair even. He's damn near perfect at everything so far as a freshman. And we still get two more years of him at Clemson at minimum, unless unless the NFL's listening to me and they start letting guys petition to be drafted early. He's one of the best freshman quarterback prospects I've ever seen. Yeah, ever. I actually have my scouting notebook that comes out Friday morning. Uh, I had a scout text me during that Clemson Notre Dame game, and we were talking about, he's like, I, I like Lawrence more than I liked Darnold, more than I liked Rosen. And I was like, I haven't seen anything like this since Luck. And he was like, no, he's, he's better than Luck. 
I mean, honestly, yeah, because Luck kind of came on late. He wasn't like yeah. this. He didn't start as a true freshman. He right. redshirted. Uh, so I think he started maybe his freshman year or redshirt sophomore year because he came back. Redshirt sophomore year, he was like, you're like, oh, this guy's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think it was his first year. He just handed the ball off to Toby Gearhart yeah. the whole time. So, yeah, we didn't see this just build up of him early spring when he was still a high schooler, maybe early enrolled at Clemson where everybody knew about Trevor Lawrence. Just a reminder, Clemson was in the national championship game. Or they were in the playoffs last year. They didn't make the, the national championship game with Kelly Bryant. Trevor Lawrence took his fucking job. Yeah, they tried to get him to move to receiver because yeah. of what they had in Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I don't know if you were supposed to tell people that. Strike that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's out there now. Okay, uh, I'm going to take Tua Tungovalaya. I don't know if that's how you say his name. Tungovailoa. There Just call him Tua. Tua. I don't even honestly know why we're still going. He shouldn't even have a last Tua. name. name He's Tua. like Ichiro. Just yeah. drop it. Just put put Tua. Tua on the back of his jersey. That's a good idea, actually. I'm taking Tua. I, I love Trevor Lawrence. You know this. I think Tua is the, I don't know, he's the best playmaker in college football right now. He just really is with his arm, his legs, the confidence he instills in the rest of his players. And he does have a damn good supporting cast. But I if we're talking about the best players returning next year, Tua is on top of that list. Yeah, he's kind of just like a gamer. I wouldn't, I wouldn't label him as like a gunslinger because I don't know. He doesn't fit things into tight windows. Uh, but he can he can drop a ball in a window, yeah, and it's with touch and accuracy, and I love him. He's just not Trevor Lawrence. Next guy up for me, I got to jump on him before you do. Uh, I'm going with Grant Delpit. I think he is a great safety prospect. A uh, lot of size from him, a lot of range. There's no telling what he's going to be able to do coming back this year. The uh, targeting call that he got called in the in the bowl game was bullshit. Like I, I don't know how the rule works. I don't know if he has to sit out the first half of the first. Oh, my God. He I does. hope he does. I think he does. Thank <laughs> God for targeting. He <laughs> cannot play in the first half of the first game next year. He absolutely has to sit out. And if the NCAA does not make him sit out, <laughs> I will throw a shit fit. He has to sit out their first game. I loved watching you realize <laughs> Piece that. Piece it together in my I'm brain. I'm just sitting here like... Waiting. He cannot play in that first half. It was a terrible call, obviously targeting. He did it with bad intention. Sit him the whole game. <laughs> we got to sit him the whole game. Uh, LSU safety is, he's great. And man, LSU's got something in the water. They know how to produce safeties down there. And he does look like he's going to be a stud. Would have been my next pick, without a doubt. Uh, I'm going to go instead. I'll stay on the defensive side of things. I'm going to go Chase Young, defensive end <laughs> at Ohio State. Uh, man, we've been on this kid for a long time, and I know that's not a surprise because he was a great high school uh, recruit. Ohio State is very, very high on him. When Bosa went down this year, they were kind of like, well, we got this other guy, and he's only a true sophomore this year, so not draft eligible. Chase Young is going to be a top-five pick next year. Yeah, he was He was my next guy. He was number four on my big board. My, my top four players on my big board are gone now. Yeah, mine too, in yeah. the exact order that we drafted them. So... Yeah. Well, now I'm to- obviously totally with you uh, with Chase Young. I think he's going to be another just very special edge guy that can fit into any defense that you want him to. Yeah. Uh, so I'm up again. I guess I'm just going to go ahead and take him. Uh, I know he was disappointing in the bowl game, but he's still a great quarterback. Uh, so I'm going to go with Jake Fromm. Uh, I think he's got a lot to prove and a lot to build off of, but he's still an elite level prospect right now after two years of play. He's going to get a good junior season with a third year with an offense. 
a lot of good talent around him coming back. So I don't think we've seen the best of Jake Fromm yet. He's going to continue to progress and grow as a passer. We saw some very special things from him last year. So, and I expect that to continue in his junior season. Uh, yeah, I love Jake Fromm. Uh, I've said before he would be my number one quarterback for the 2020 uh, class as it stands right now. He was not next to my board. And I can't believe I'm about to steal this player from you. Jonathan Taylor, running back from Wisconsin. You loved this dude all preseason. He goes over 2,000 yards rushing this year. He did have some fumble concerns. But he went over 2,000 yards rushing this year, and he's going to lose some guys on that very great Wisconsin offensive line. He's going to be just fine. But they'll be replaced. Like, it's next man up for Wisconsin. It always is. And uh, he was obviously on my big board here, and he's a guy that I love at running back. I think he'll probably surpass the 6,000-yard mark in three seasons. Yeah. That's ridiculous to have that kind of production. Uh, I guess maybe it's not a surprise, though, when you play for Wisconsin. Uh, I got a scramble here. I'm going to get crazy uh, because this guy didn't even play this year. I'm going to go with Jacob Eason. Ooh. Uh, a lot of talk around Washington. I think if they could have had him play in the bowl, in the Rose Bowl, <laughs> they would have. Um so if Jake Fromm is quarterback one, sure, okay. Uh, Eason might be able to be quarterback two. He is yeah. 6'5", probably 230. He's he's had a year to work in the Washington offense, so it's not like he's going to come in as a new guy. Uh, he can take over the reins, and he can probably do a lot better than Jake Browning did with the Washington offense next year. No surprise the former quarterback on this podcast has picked three quarterbacks. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I did have Grant Delpit in there and Chase Young on my big board, but yeah, then I went a little quarterback heavy. All right, well, I'm going to go wide receiver heavy, get back to my roots. Jerry Judy is special, and I joked about he's the best receiver since Forrest Gump at Alabama. He's a very, very good wide receiver. Like His route running is incredibly crisp and smooth. He's explosive. He has great hands. Jerry Judy won the Blitnikoff Award this year. I would just go ahead and pencil him in for next year as well. He's one of the rare receivers we could see make a Heisman run. He's that talented. His numbers are going to be that good Mm -hmm. with Tua. The only question will be, do they get to play in enough fourth quarters, or will they ever be trailing in a game in which they're going to have to throw the ball? And that's what hurt him this Mm -hmm. year, if anything. I mean, yeah, really, to be a Bolitnikov guy and not see a whole lot of production in the fourth quarter of games is crazy. Because, yeah, I know Tua, everybody talks about – how he barely played in the fourth quarter, but that's his number one receiver as well. And I don't think he got a lot of reps either. Uh, I got to go off my quarterback take here. Since you are starting on receivers, I'm going to go ahead and take (laughs) the next guy up. I'm going with T Higgins. I love what I see out of this guy out of Clemson. I I think him and Jerry Judy are right now. If we're really looking ahead, they're probably the favorites to be receiver one in the 2020 class. And T. Higgins is a little bit different because he's six foot four. He's a little bit of a lean build guy, uh, but he is—he's been very good and kind of a safety net for Trevor Lawrence. If you get in trouble, just throw the ball up to that guy. Well, I'm going to do this to you, and I'm sorry. And I want to remind you there are two tables and two computers, and an open beer and an open Coke Zero between us. <laughs> and I'm paying for your beers tonight. I'm going to take Sam Ellinger. And I'm going to say this now. On, it's January 3rd as we're recording this. He will be a Heisman finalist next year. I agree with you, actually. And I'm going to take that take. I'm going to one-up it because earlier we said that he wasn't a real draft prospect. 
and he is. He actually has a pretty damn good arm. I think it's developing. I think uh, he was playing injured for a lot of the games yeah. with an injured right shoulder. It's not like, oh, he broke his left collarbone. That's not really affecting the starts. He had a right shoulder injury, and he looked healthy in the bowl game. Uh, he showed some arm strength that I haven't seen him have before. And I think that's just him recovering from an injury, being able to come back and well, do the things And that's that he who to. he was his freshman year. There were so many times where he would come in, he and Bouchelle splitting snaps, and it was like he was the downfield guy. And we were like, oh, shit, like, where yep. did this come from? And I do agree with you, it is developing, and he's also a bulldozer as a runner. Yeah, obviously. Baby Tebow. 6'3", 240. I'm sick of it now because of what they did on the broadcast. <laughs> right, right. All right, uh, that means I'm up again, right? Yep. Okay, I got to look over the big board. I I think I could stash this guy away for a little bit more, uh, but I don't want to because he's a freshman, and I really like his play. A uh, freshman out of Alabama, it's very hard to get on the field at Alabama. I don't think I'm going with who you think I am. Their safety, Patrick oh. Sertan Jr., yeah, is going to be a very good safety. We've talked a lot about... Uh, Caden Stearns and Grant Delpit. I love what I've seen so far out of Patrick Sertan. He's not just a name. His dad played in the NFL for a very long time. I think he has more size. He's the next guy in that long line of Alabama safeties. Well, I don't know if he's going to be a safety or a corner. I, mean, right. he, he, I think like Minka Fitzpatrick, he right. plays a little bit of both and he, he'll establish a role. He's, he's a great elite level freshman. you got to find a place for him on the football field. So sometimes that's at corner. Sometimes it's at nickel. Sometimes it's safety, but he can do it all. And he has great athleticism. Yeah. And I, the pedigree. I thought you were going to a different Alabama I know you player. Did. I'm not going to mention him because I might <laughs> still get him. Uh, I'm going to go uh, to Clemson again. This will be the third Clemson player. So are they going to be good next year? Yeah, they're going to be just fine. Travis Etienne at running back. Uh, if Jonathan Taylor doesn't lead the, the nation of rushing next year, Etienne probably will. Uh, he is, we saw this year when Trevor Lawrence got hurt, man, this guy took over games when he had to. Uh, he is dynamic. I, I think he's going to be a fun prospect to evaluate too. Uh, he's a little bit small. He's like 5'10", 200 pounds, but my God, is he explosive. Uh, not a whole lot in the receiving game. I bet we see that tick up next year, but 1,500 yards, 22 touchdowns this year. Yeah, I mean, you talk about another guy for the Heisman. He really, he probably should have made that trip this year. They should have gave it to him 1,500 yards. Like you said, 22 touchdowns is crazy. That should have got him a trip to New York. Obviously, he didn't go, but he should have. Uh, I still got some Clemson guys on my board, but he, really? he, was, he was definitely one. Uh, that I wanted to. So you don't have any more Clemson I guys? got one. Okay. Well, since I just talked about this guy, or you thought I did, I'll go ahead and nab him before you get him. I am going to go with Dylan Moses. God damn uh, it. <laughs> I just talked up Patrick Sertan very highly, and just like Patrick Sertan's going to be the next big Alabama defensive back, Dylan Moses is going to be the next thumper linebacker. And I didn't include Mac Wilson on my big board because I think he'll come out I actually talked to him today, and I hope I can share this. But he said that uh, he has to be a first-round picker. He's not coming out. And I shared my uh, thoughts on that, and he's waiting to get information. Nick Saban does a great job of providing those guys with that intel. But you know, he's not in a rush to leave Alabama, and I don't blame him. No, I mean, he's got a good thing. I also didn't include Devin White, who's another great linebacker. Uh, so probably the next guy that I would be looking for is going to be Dylan Moses. We've been hearing about this kid since he was 
literally in eighth grade or before about how special of a football player he is. And it's it's come true for him. Yeah, absolutely has. Uh, number seven for me, maybe a surprise because this is a player people felt like could have been a top five pick in the 2019 draft. But I'm going to take Justin Herbert here. He does have some things to prove. I think going back to Oregon will be helpful for him. Uh, keeping Mario Cristobal there is going to be very helpful for him. They have a great recruiting class coming in. Uh, Dylan Mitchell, his top receiver, did declare for the draft. So we will see who can kind of step up and fill that role. But Justin Herbert uh, is still a guy that has to be on a list of players to watch for next year. Yeah, actually, I, I kind of forgot about him a little bit. He wasn't on my big board. That's that's kind of embarrassing, honestly. <laughs> I got you. Uh, but you're right. Obviously, him coming back as a senior quarterback is great. Hopefully, he's a guy that we're looking for in the Senior Bowl next year. Uh, and he still has a lot to prove because we've talked about how great the 2020 quarterback class can be. And he, he's got to try to get his name towards the top. Yeah. Uh, next guy for me, I'm going to go with running back. Uh, there are a, a lot of running backs, and you took ETN. So I, I can't go there. Taylor. And Jonathan Taylor. I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift, who didn't have a great bowl game, but I think he still shows a lot of special traits and is a great Georgia running back. They always have some great offensive linemen for him to run behind. Uh, he had some fumble concerns in the bowl game at least, but I still think that he's a, a running back that we could see go top top round, first round, uh, and maybe even be all SEC type production at Georgia. Uh, and I, I just I want to see what he can do next year. Again, with Jake Fromm being a junior, him coming back, their whole stable of receivers is very impressive. Georgia's going to be very tough next year. Yeah, I agree. I, I had him and uh, Little Holyfield group together. This yeah. Georgia running back, same pick one. They're both fantastic. Uh, I'm going to pick a player who didn't even start this year. You ready for that? Here's the, This is a deep one, and I feel like he could be a top 10 pick in next year's draft too. A.J. Epinesa from Iowa. If you watch the bowl game, this dude. <laughs> he was not on my board. <laughs> he is fucking amazing. He played right defensive end for them. He had 16 and a half tackles for a loss, 10 and a half sacks, four forced fumbles, and he doesn't start. Yeah. I don't know how. <laughs> well, because he will be, though. Kirk Ferentz in Iowa, you have to be like a redshirt senior. He led the Big you... Ten in sacks. <laughs> yeah. He is a stud. If you get a chance to watch Iowa play, again, he's number 94. Looks like fucking Cam Hayward out there. Or And, uh, yeah, right defensive end. Lost my train of thought. All right. I, I like it. I saw you tweeting about him. I, I haven't got the chance to watch him, like, specifically. I've seen Iowa play, but I, I haven't seen him yet. Uh, so I mentioned earlier I still got some Clemson guys on the board. Uh, so I got to shout out Justin Ross who was another guy who's a true freshman, so he's not going to be draft eligible next year. Uh, but wide receiver U is a thing, and I think Clemson has solidified themselves as wide receiver U. The kind of talent that they have coming out of there year after year after year, it's just it's too impressive to overlook. So Justin Ross is pretty much everything I said about T. Higgins, just a year younger. Yeah, I like Justin Ross a lot. Uh, it's funny because... We're getting down to the end of this. We got three players left, and my board is almost completely depleted. So I'm going to go to another player that didn't get on the field so far this year. Still technically could. Terrell Lewis, outside linebacker from Alabama. We actually talked about him a little bit in one of the preview shows. He uh, Coaches there would say that like he's their best defender, but he tours ACL. Uh, hopefully we'll be back next year to full strength. So I'm taking a little bit of a gamble here by listing him, but I feel like 
if healthy, he's going to emerge as just a badass pass rusher. Um, and, and again, the fact that the tour ACL really hurt. And even as a, uh, this year would have been his junior year, he's going to red shirt. So he's hopefully got two more years ahead of him. All right. I like that pick too. And you're right. Just Alabama edge rusher type guys, always productive here. I'm going to give you a name that I think a lot of people probably don't know. And that's because I wanted to find an offensive lineman. I don't know what's going to happen with all my Wisconsin boys. I think most of them will probably come out. Uh, So a name that I think is going to be hot is Walker Little. Yeah, he's from Texas, but he plays for Stanford. Very impressive so far. He's a true sophomore, and he is already the starting left tackle for the uh, Stanford Cardinal. Uh, He's got the size that I think the NFL is going to look for. We've seen a lot of offensive tackles that didn't fit that size mold. We're even kind of seeing it with Jonah Williams. He's only 6'4", so I think the NFL is overlooking him. Walker Little is 6'7", 313 pounds. That's perfect. So, And, I mean, he's he's from the state of Texas. I don't know how we let him get away, uh, but it it happened. So I think that they're going to love that. They're also going to love the fact that he has the NFL pedigree. His grandfather played in the NFL for the Giants, and also his uncle, Jack Little, played at Texas A&M and played for the Colts for a little while. So he does have that pedigree, and he's already an all-Pac-12 left tackle, and he's only a sophomore. I think that he's a guy that I need to watch and see if maybe we're talking about him next year as the left tackle prospect. I love that. Going O-line. All right, last one for me. No, we did not forget about Ohio State. J.K. Dobbins makes the list. You know, I want to put Justin Fields on here and just say he's at Ohio State next year, but he'll probably be sitting out, so he can't make the list. I I did want to put him on here. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, we saw him go off at times this year, and he shared carries a little bit more with Mike Weber, who's now off to the NFL. Dobbins is just, I mean, he's a blast to watch. Just like Maurice Jones drew out there. He's a little bit of a bowling ball, but runs very well, catches the ball well. His touchdowns should shoot way, way up next year. Because he'll be right. the dude, and they'll most likely have a first-year starter at quarterback. So I, I think we're going to see him really carry the load. Yeah, and I agree with you with Justin Fields, too. I left him off my big board just because I didn't know what would happen with him. I actually I think that he's going to get to play uh, just because I think the NCAA really, like honestly, you should market your player while he's hot and let him go play. Like screw the rules, let the kid go play, just like you did Shea Patterson. But I, I do love the Dobbins pick. I mean, this is a guy that – took the job away from Mike Weber, who was like an all Big Ten running back, came in there as a true freshman and earned that spot. It's draft on draft time. And if I had any unskunked beer, I would open one for you. Very disappointing. I have one, but it's opened. You could just, (laughs) that's an enjoyable (laughs) listening experience, I'm sure. All right. Like Mello said at the top of the show, you want to send these suckers in, you can do it. DM Mello, DM Walker, DM the stick football account. Uh, I guess you could DM me. I'm bad about that lately. I get so busy that like that's the last thing I check is my yep. DMs. So I will do my best to get there. First one from our buddy, the doctor defense. Here's a would you rather, not a draft on draft. If you were the Giants, Bucks, or Jags general manager, would you rather have Josh Allen from Kentucky or Josh Allen from Wyoming as your 2019 first round pick? God, that's tough. I would rather have Josh Allen the quarterback. I knew you were going to say that. I love Josh Allen, the pass rusher, but if you don't have a quarterback, it doesn't matter. And those teams don't have a quarterback. Yeah, I'll agree with that, too. And as much as I love Kentucky, Josh Allen, and was obviously not as high on Wyoming, Josh Allen, you're right, though. You have to have a quarterback to win. 
Uh, we've seen a look at Von Miller, who's the best pass rusher in the NFL, still not playing on a good football team because they don't have a quarterback. I think that settles any argument. Yeah. Uh, Josh Allen quarterback on the Jags. That's a very, well, they have so many problems there. That's Blake Bortles. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they just have so many personality problems there that are getting in the way. All right. Matt Gill wants to know. What happened to the buzz that was starting to build around Easton Stick, the North Dakota State quarterback? I mean, he's an East-West Shrine invitee. He's going to have a chance. Um, w- probably will get a combine invite. I think a lot of his hype here was because his last name is Stick, and the name of this podcast is Stick to Football. Right, and he's one of those Dakota prospects. It's like, a good story. Like, he's the guy that replaced Carson Wentz the year he broke his wrist and, like, kept him in the playoff hunt. But, I mean, he's okay. He's not bad. He's accurate, right? You know, but he doesn't have like the arm strength that made Wentz great, or the size, or I haven't heard anything about like the football IQ being, you know, super great. But yeah, I mean, yeah, he's he's someone we are still evaluating, but right now it looks like he's very limited. Well, in this this quarterback class, I'm not in love with. I don't even. I really don't even like Dwayne Haskins. Uh, but what it does offer is it offers a lot of like day two, day three guys. And that's where stick falls into as well. There's there's a lot of depth there of players that haven't separated themselves and guys that would probably be slotted in round two and round three. So he's competing with a lot of those. He's not a first-round quarterback. So he's got about probably 10 other quarterbacks that he's competing with. I think Haskins, Locke, and Jones have kind of started to separate themselves yeah. and could do it a lot more at the Senior Bowl. But then there's a whole lot of other guys that are in that second tier. And I mean, Will Greer, Brian Finley. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of names to get mentioned in that area of that he's going to have to compete against. So, yeah, still like the kid, but uh, as you have time to evaluate them, you find some of their limitations. The Miles Files goes for the three-peat here. It's like the fucking 90s Bulls. What happened to DeAndre Fran- Francois? Was he hurt? Does he have an NFL future? Uh, coming off of a pretty bad knee injury, I don't know if he was still hurt. I think the coaching change uh, probably hurt him more than the injury did. And going to a new a new offensive system didn't help. And as far as NFL future, I just I don't know. I don't know that I see the talent there. Uh, he's looked promising at times. And I was high on him going into the season. Uh, but he really he didn't look good. He didn't look like he had a lot of arm talent. And it almost looked like he gave up on his team. Yeah. And there wasn't playing. I know they lost a bunch, but you're the quarterback. You're the rallying point. And there was, uh, he's a graduate, so he could transfer. And there's been some talk about that, that maybe he'll transfer. Maybe he'll declare. Like, no one really knows what to think of it. Last time I saw was like, they were basically saying the coaches didn't even know what was going on. So, um, yeah, very talented player. It just seems like he maybe peaked as a freshman, basically. Yeah, one one thing I will say, I didn't realize that he was a graduate transfer. Uh, he did have some tweets last week or two about UCF and how when they were recruiting him, they were a defeated team, went 0-12, and he laughed at the letters. If he is a grad transfer, they need a quarterback next year because Mackenzie Milton Probably isn't going to play. I think that DeAndre DeAndre Francois would probably have to go compete down in Central Florida uh, because Mac did. He still played very well, but maybe that it would be a spot for him to go. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, next question: How can Noah Fant be the number one tight end in the draft if he's not the number one tight end on his team? Joking, kinda. What recent tight end would you compare him to? I think like 
the Iowa offense is very diverse. Like it's they utilize both tight ends well. And TJ Hawkinson won the Mackey Award as the best tight end in the country. I, I think no offense, it's possible to not have as good of stats and be a better prospect. Oh, definitely. Something very important. Like there's a distinction there. So when I look at Noah Fant, I see you know, size, speed, uh, can line up in a lot of different alignments. Um, I, I kind of saw an Evan Ingram type tight end, but maybe, I mean, obviously a better blocker. Evan Ingram was 6'3", 240. Noah Fant is 6'5", 241. So there's a little bit of a size difference. And I, I do think he gets more credit for being a blocker than maybe he should just because the Hawkeye helmet. Yeah. Uh, I would say... O.J. Howard, but I think that O.J. Howard was more athletic and a better blocker. O.J. Howard was a pretty good blocker. But Noah Fant probably has more production, just not in as big games. Yeah, I think that's fair. I remember watching O.J. Howard and was like, man, this dude can block. And he do everything. I, I wrote up a report and it was like, O.J. Howard's the best blocking tight end in the class. And then I watched George Kittle. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. Iowa tight end. Oh, no. George Kittle can block some people. I like that. I like the O.J. Howard comparison. Uh, all right. Third one, should we be worried about Dalvin Cook? I think if you're a Minnesota fan, you should be worried about that entire offense. Yeah. You had a very disappointing year. You were almost playing for a Super Bowl, and then you're not in the playoffs. You saw who they were trying to maybe hire, right? Yeah, I saw some names tied Hugh Jackson? Right, yeah. That'll definitely fix your offensive woes. I think it's fair to worry. And I know like smart Vikings fans are going to come at us, and they're going to say, well, we had an offensive coordinator this year who didn't want to run the ball. You also yeah. had Kirk Cousins and some very good receivers who should be clearing things out. He was coming back off a knee injury, so that's a bit of a concern, too. Like, you just never know where a guy's at mentally, physically. He didn't have a ton of carries this year, so I think that let's not call him a bust, and I'm someone who didn't love him coming out of college because a lot of the off-field stuff that he had in his background. But I think right now, you like you got to wait and see. He needs to be put in a good situation. Yeah, and maybe they'll get some more things going next year as with another year of Kirk Cousins. I, I can't believe how poorly he played this year, Kirk Cousins. So maybe that changes next year and they can get a little bit more consistent with that offense. Scott Olson, y'all planning on making it out to Lincoln for the tailgate tour for next year. Also, I'm going to Q39 this weekend. What's my order? Let's take that first. <laughs> okay? Q39 is a barbecue spot in Kansas City. I have decided it's my favorite one. I love Joe's. Joe's is a good sandwich place. Q39 is like a dinner place. I, I like both of them. I don't know if I would put Q39 over Joe's, but what I will tell you is that Q39 is more of like a sit-down. You could almost like go on like a dinner date. Like it's not yeah. a stinky barbecue place. Joe's doesn't stink. I know, but it's not like... It's in a gas station. Right. But see, like, people, you yeah. hear that, and people are probably thinking, like, oh, maybe not the nicest establishment. I would go to Joe's really for food. lunch, Q39 for dinner. Yeah, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. But what's your order? Uh, I always go with the brisket, and at Q39, they brought us some burnt ends that were probably some of the best I've ever had. Yeah, burnt ends were great. I get, it's called a judge's plate, and you can get three different things. So I get the the ribs, you get three ribs, and they are the best ribs I've ever had. They're just, they literally fall off the bone. Uh, then I get the brisket. It's sliced, delicious. And then I just kind of mix it up on the third one. I've lately started getting the sausage. It's a jalapeno sausage. 
I've never eaten all my food there because yeah. every time we go, the manager is like, hey, here's some like apps on the house and stuff like that. We sit there and drink 15 beers and I'm too full to eat. The onion rings are amazing, but yeah. I would go with the judge's plate, get your three meats. I got some apple coleslaw <laughs> that is fantastic as well. And their barbecue sauce is good. I don't know what Very apple good. coleslaw is, but it sounds terrible. I would go to the one that's uh, Q39 South and get a reservation. Just or text me. And if you get bored, you go stand at the window for 15 <laughs> minutes and you watch those boys in the back cut some meat. Yeah, that is fun. That yeah, had me hypnotized. We made a uh, a beer tower there once and then uh went back a year later, next day I died. So phew, not literally, obviously. <laughs> it was close. <laughs> It was, I don't know. I mean, I had a heart rate. It was 39. So it was, I was, it was faint. I was seeing dead people like the kid from the sixth sense. Richard Royal, welcome back to the show, man. Yeah, long time no talkie. Uh, are you pleased with spotting Dylan Cole and Puna Ford or disappointed that Dimitri Water the Flowers, that's a great nickname, has struggled to find his way beyond the practice squad? I'm like, Dylan Cole is one I'm very proud of. Very. I mean, and I've told the story before. He played just down the road from us in Missouri State. And I started texting NFL coaches and was like, hey, I, I like this guy. I think he can play. Give him a shot. And the Texans picked him up. And it was, I mean, he's a hell of a player. He deserved that call up anyway. But it's cool to be a, a part of the process of getting a guy on a team. Well, and same for me with Puna Ford after he didn't go, after he didn't get drafted. I had so many GMs texting me. Saying, like, well, tell me more about your boy, Puna Ford. And I really feel like I helped get him on the Seahawks roster. You're making That's a joke. That's all satire. But that actually <laughs> happened. And you know, like, as we were sitting there, day three of the draft in New York covering it, there were teams texting me being like, we want Puna. Can you, can you get in touch with them and try to, like, tell him we he want him? He should have drafted his ass because he's one of the best defensive That's tackles what I said. from that whole draft class. And just because he's not six foot tall, he went undrafted. That's literally the only reason he didn't get drafted. Uh, so about Dimitri Flowers, I think a lot of it's just the position that he plays. He's a fullback. He's still my favorite fullback. I know it's like it's kind of been a tough road for him. I really thought he would stick with the Jets. I actually begged some people there. Not begged, but I was like, hey, he's a good player. You should keep him. So, yeah, it's a little disappointing that he's bounced around. But, you know, hopefully the Jags will, will see something there and keep him on the roster. When you look at that position, there are 32 teams in the NFL at most a team is going to carry one fullback. A lot of teams don't carry a fullback. So now you're down to like 20 roster spots. There are 20 fullbacks in the NFL. Yeah. Like, so it's very hard to stay on, whereas linebackers, there's probably six to eight on a team. Defensive tackles, again, there's probably four, maybe five on a team. So it's a little bit easier to stay on at those positions than it is fullback. According to our lads, 21 teams carry a fullback. Boom, look at that. Off the top of the old That's noggin. Fucking good. Mathematician uh, over not here. Bad. Why'd you put the, I don't know this guy. Richard Naranho. <laughs> Naranho? Yeah. Naranjo. Naranjo. Huge Florida fan. Interested to know where you rank the other Florida guys outside polite, like Gardner Johnson, uh, Voshan Joseph, Juwan Taylor, and Jordan Scarlett. Mello talked about Chauncey Gardner Johnson earlier, probably around two, round three pick. Voshan Joseph, I think, would be in the same range. I think he's more of like an in-the-box safety. What is is he a safety or a linebacker? He's because a linebacker. I swear when I watch Florida play, he's playing safety. But he's like 220, so I don't know if that puts him at linebacker. I think he's a linebacker. So I think that might hurt him, but he is one hell of a player. Uh, I'll tell you that. He's made some big plays in big games. The LSU so I, I do game like him. was the one where it was like, Ooh. Yeah, like 15 tackles. Yeah. 
Look at you, man. Sometimes we don't give you enough credit. Like you're not just the funny guy that drinks the cheap beer. Well, that's my role. So let's not tell the <laughs> people different. Some, uh, I think Jawan Taylor can go first round. Uh, I, as, I he's a big boy at tackle. Jordan Scarlett is one that I think is probably a day three guy as of like what I've seen right now. I'm I'm trying to quickly pull up my notes here, but I didn't see him as like, yeah, I have him as a day three player. And it's just it's tough to break in at running back. Uh, he did have a he's pretty small. good year. Uh, 5'10", 210. He was suspended in 2017. That's what I was going to say. Now, I will give him credit. He did get suspended last year, but he stuck with it. And he came back to Florida. He sat out. And I I really do think that that helped his draft stock. He was one of the felony fraud guys, right? Yeah. The What's the Browns receiver's name? Antonio Callaway. He was one of that group. The debit card scandal. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, but he was able to come back. And I, I think if he would have tried to go into the draft last year or tried to go supplemental draft, I think he would have went undrafted. And I do think he will get picked up this year. You know, Scott Olson asked about Lincoln, and we didn't answer it because we got caught up in Q39. Daisy. Uh, probably not, honestly, for Lincoln. Honestly, probably not. We're, We're trying to go to places with uh, more of a stick-to-football fan base where we do have a lot of fans. So, if, And it's easier to get to for a lot of people. Like, right. Columbus was great because people came from everywhere. Yep. So we got to hit areas that are easier for a lot of people to get to. Yeah, while at the same time having prospects for us to scout. And I love Scott Frost. I don't know what he's going to produce as far as they don't NFL next year. No, That's not for damn sure. Last question, Jacob DeLong. If you had to trade for one wide receiver, which would you pick, Antonio Brown or Julio Jones? Julio Jones. Really? Yeah. I I very easily pick him. I would too. Just the age thing's different. He's uh, two years younger. And really, the headaches that we're hearing about Antonio Brown does not sound good. I think if you leave your team because you weren't voted MVP, is like the like I don't want to deal with that. Okay, see, that's the news that I didn't know if that was out there. That yeah, that is part of the problem. Is that Juju won Team MVP, and Antonio Brown was feeling a little bit salty about it. Like you're gonna quit, you're gonna not practice over that. And then since he didn't practice, they said he couldn't play. And then since he wasn't playing, he left at halftime. Yeah, it's pretty bad. That's not good. And then you factor in the the cap hits that they would take. Uh, they're going to pay him $21 million next year, whether he's on the roster or not. So guess what? He's going to be on the roster. Yeah. I Someone was saying there's a way around that, like with a post-June the, 1st cut. I I there's always a way. Look at salary cap stuff usually because they will just work their magic and make it happen. It's monopoly money. It's not real. No. It's I would rather have Julio Jones too. Just in case you're listening, John Lynch. <laughs> Yeah, just, just go case. ahead and make that happen for old Matty Mills across the table. You drafted me. George Kittle for me. Just yeah. keep it going. Sixth round, even. Keep it going. Uh, hey, it was a good pick. All right, that's our show. Thanks to our buddy Colton Underwood. Check him out Monday night on The Bachelor. If you don't know this Monday, you go next Monday. Or the Monday Maybe after so. that. Or the Monday after that. Uh, watching a man pare down 30 women to one is a little weird. Uh, but it's also addictive. But it's inter- it's entertaining. It's like I know it's not good for me, but neither are cigarettes, and I can't kick that. <laughs> not really. I've <laughs> I've literally smoked two cigarettes in my entire life. That's not a lie. And if you smoke cigarettes, I probably won't talk to you at any of our tailgate tour meetups because, because I despise them. Okay. Well, there you go. Mellows don't smoke. Mellow's PSA of the week. The more you know, rainbow with the star. And make sure you've subscribed to Stick to Football. We will be back Monday morning with Connor. 
He's still alive. He's still part of the show. We're going to redraft the 2018 NFL draft. I'm anxious to see if Melo gets the number one pick and Baker Mayfield goes first overall or not. I might even rig the draft order. Uh, I was going to say, out. I'll just defer or something. I'll, uh, I'll pick third. We're still on the clock and no pick came in. Not sure what to do. All right, that is our show. We'll talk to you all Monday morning. Thanks for hanging out with us as always.